Welcome to the You File Your Taxes Your Way podcast. So my name is Jerry Vitoratos, and today I've got a special guest with me, my partner in crime when it comes to the Facebook Live sessions. For those of you who don't know about the Facebook Live sessions, please go to our website. Please go to our Facebook site, excuse me, at uh, ufile.ca for Facebook. Uh, and I'll introduce to you Ida Chelly. Ida, how's it going? Hi, Jerry. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm nice and safe and cozy in my home under this pandemic. How are you doing? Uh, going stir crazy. I'm tired of being home all the time. <laughs> yeah, I think all of us are like that after, what, almost two months now at I know, home, unfortunately. Unfortunately. So, but at least, you know what, we're, we're safe and sound and we could do this podcast, right, together? That's and we're going to talk about... And we're going to talk about a really uh, great topic, actually a happy topic today. So what's the topic, Ida? It's how to spend your tax refund. Nice. So that's nice. great. That's great. I mean, that's nice and, uh, you know, that's nice and happy right under this gloomy uh, period right now. It, it is nice and happy, especially for people who are getting a refund. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So let's get to it. Let's, uh, let's talk about it. Let's see. Okay. So what, what, you know, let's get started and let's see what can we do with our tax refund? You know, what are some of the options that we would, we would recommend to everybody? Okay. Um, we know a lot of tax consultants or actually financial consultant consultant always say to pay off your debt first. So how do we go about it to choose which one we should clear off first or how do we split it? That's a very you know, that's a very good point. And yes, conventional wisdom and conventional financial thinking is that you should pay off your debts first. Now, of course, that's not that's not the the happiest of answers, right? I mean, you know, we all want to spoil ourselves, you know, after a hard a hard year and the government holding money from us, and now we get the money back, right? Like, why is it that we have to pay off debts? But that's the best thing you could do. Okay, is to really pay off debts, all right? Because of course, you know, this is money that you're losing every single year. It's an extra expense that you have, uh, you know, that's a drag on your income. So your best bet, as, as, as you know, in order of priority, your best bet at the first, you know, at the, at the first priority is to pay off your debts. Now, you know, how, what type of debts do we pay off? How do we pay these debts? Should we have some sort of a technique or method that we can use in order to pay off our debts quickly using this tax refund? Well, there's several methods you can choose from. There's, several, there's really two specific ones that I, that, that I could think of off the top of my head here. Okay, the first one would be uh, the debt, what's called the debt avalanche method. Okay, and the debt avalanche and, and the two methods that I'm going to mention today uh, in this podcast, they're similar in approach on the first step. Okay, on the first step, whether you're choosing the debt avalanche or the next one, I'm keeping the suspense, I'm not going to say the term yet, but on the first option, which is the debt avalanche, first things first, make your minimum required payments. Okay, regardless of the method you, that you choose after this podcast, always make your minimum payments, whether it's your credit card, whether it's your, you know, your, your house payment, whether it's your car payment, etc. Always make your required payments. That way you don't have any, uh, any credit score trouble later on. That's number one. But under the debt avalanche method, there's a second step. And the second step is to pay off your highest interest rate debt first in order of priority. So you start with your highest interest rate debt, and then you go down to your lower interest rate debt. That's what's called the debt avalanche. So of course, you're, you're just like an avalanche you're at the peak of the mountain, and then the snow just comes right down to the valley. Okay, and the peak of the mountain is your highest interest rate debt. So you know what? You know, what is your highest interest rate debt? I mean, Ida, what would be the highest interest rate debt that we would you, pay on a debt? Usually it's credit cards. It goes anywhere, what, 21%, 22%. 
20, it can go higher. I think the lowest is 19, but. Um, yes, absolutely. So, what... I mean, you know, Craig, you're absolutely right. Credit card debt is usually the highest one you could have, right? Especially when it comes to consumer debt, you know? So any consumer debt that you have, usually credit card will be the highest interest rate debt. So at that point, what the debt avalanche method tells you to do is to pay your credit cards off first. That's the first step you need to do. So, so whatever refund you have poured into your credit cards and pay those off. Okay. Now in the long term, of course, this method is the one that will save you the most money. And that, of course, makes sense. In a pure dollars and cents terms, you will save the most money by putting your money uh, into, by paying off your highest interest rate debt first, which makes sense. If I've got a credit card, if I've got an account with a credit card debt at 29% and I've got a credit line at 6%, of course, I'm going to save a lot more money. At equal dollars, I'm going to save a lot more money paying off the credit card first than paying off my credit line first. So that's the debt avalanche. So I start from the peak, which is my highest interest rate debt, pour my refund there. And then if I've got money left over, I keep going down the hill. Okay. I keep going down the mountain and paying off the lower interest rate debts in order of the highest interest rate. That's what we call the debt avalanche. Now there's another method and this method has become very popular. It's been named, I think it's been named actually, uh, by a really big personal finance guru that I think everybody knows, especially those of you who are listening uh, to uh, this podcast, which is uh, Dave Ramsey and his book, his seminal book, The Total Money Makeover. Okay, so he had a, he had you know a several step program, and one of the steps that he of course had was to pay off your debt. Okay, just like any other personal finance uh, guru is going to tell you, if you've got debt, you should always prioritize your cash there. But he had a, a, an interesting way of paying off. You're uh, paying off debt. And he called this method the debt snowball. So, you know, avalanche snowball, I think, honestly, these people are obsessed with skiing and mountains. And I don't winters. know what's going on. And winters. You're absolutely right. I mean, thank God winter is leaving now for us. Uh, but again, I don't know why they gave it these, these names, but that's what the names that, that were given, of course. And, and we're going to see with a snowball, it makes sense. And you're going to see in, in a second why. So the debt snowball, as per David Ramsey, what he recommends is just like the debt avalanche, First things first, pay off your, you know, pay off your minimum payments. So any minimum payment that you have, you have to pay it off as a priority. Okay. That's the first thing you have to do. The second step, and this is where the difference comes in now, is that now you will pay off your smaller accounts first. And by smaller accounts, it means the accounts that have the least amount of debt first. Okay. Regardless of the interest rate. Okay, so if you've got an account, let's say at uh, two or three thousand dollars, you have a debt of two, three thousand dollars in one account. You've got five thousand dollars debt in another account. Even let, let's assume that the five thousand dollar is a higher interest uh, interest rate than the two thousand dollar account. You would still prioritize the two thousand dollar account. Now you, that that's under the debt snowball method. You might think to yourself, well, that doesn't make sense. And you're right, pure dollars and cents. Okay, it is not the better method. You will pay more in interest charges if you choose the debt snowball than if you choose the debt avalanche. But now, of course, does, is David Ramsey clueless on this? Absolutely not. He knows exactly what he's talking about. And what he says, and the reason why he proposes the debt snowball is for the psychological effect of closing your debt accounts. So let's say your refund was $3,000 in my example before. You could take that 3000 pay off your $2,000 account, and now that account disappears. 
you no longer have that debt account to worry about anymore. So, and, and so in other words, psychologically, it motivates you. It motivates you to continue to pay down your debt. And that's why it is so recommended. That's why debt snowball is so recommended. Okay. By somebody like okay. Dave Ramsey, for example. Now he, and actually, uh, and actually he's got studies to back this up. Actually, uh, there's been studies that have been done that have shown that, you know, you're, that you're more likely to stick to a debt repayment plan under the debt snowball method than if you were to choose a debt avalanche method. And the reason is the psychological effect. The fact that you're closing off these accounts one by one, you're just, you know, closing them off completely, uh, that, that motivates you to continue on that debt repayment plan instead of the debt avalanche where you're not closing the accounts, you're just paying down these big accounts. So okay. this has been shown. All right. So you actually you actually see the end of uh, of the tunnel. Let's put let's put it that way. You're closing off the, your debt as um, completely. Yeah, you're seeing progress. That's, That's what you're right. Seeing. You, mm -hmm. you might not feel the progress as much if you have a really big credit card account, right? But if you've Correct. got a small little credit line that you could close off with your refund, now all of a sudden you get motivated. You're like, wow, there's one account that's gone. I don't have to worry about that debt anymore. You know, so that's why he recommends that, you know, and it, it, you know, look, there's pros and cons to each approach. Okay. Like for example, debt avalanche, pure dollars and cents. Absolutely. You'll save the most money if you stick to it. But what the studies have shown is that people don't necessarily stick to the debt avalanche because it's so daunting, right? Because they don't get the same motivation as closing off those accounts with a debt snowball. Okay. So that's, okay. so that's two methods. Now there's also another consideration. Okay. I gave you, I gave you now the two methods. There's also another consideration that we have to think about and that's what's called your secured debt. Now by secured debt, it means that the debt is backed up by a specific asset. Okay. So, I mean, you know, what are examples here? Uh, I know will be, will be some examples um, of, of debt that you, for which you have an asset, you have an asset behind. Well, a car, um, the, a house. Yep. There you go. The two, you gave the two com most common examples. So a car loan and a mortgage, right? Mm -hmm. These are the two typical examples of a secured debt. Other examples, smaller ones would be, let's say furniture, you know, for example, okay. or, or appliances, let's say, you know, you might put it on a, on a monthly payment plan, right? Mm -hmm. So that becomes a debt and that becomes a secured debt. Now, why is it called a secured debt? For the very simple reason that if you don't pay that debt, if you don't make your payments, guess what the credit company is going to do? They're going to repossess the item. Exactly. They're just <laughs> going to repossess your home. You're going to repossess your car. They're going to repossess your stove. And now you can't cook anymore. Right? So what are you going to do? Right? So that's, so, so that's another consideration. If, if right now you're having difficulty making payments on a secured debt, if you can't make those required repayments, those minimum payments on those secured debts, that's where the refund should go first. Okay. The consequences are more dire if you don't pay your secured debt because you're going to lose the asset. Imagine losing your home because you can't make your minimum mortgage payment, right? Imagine that. That's, that's yeah. a lot costlier than carrying a credit card debt. Okay. It's a lot costlier because you're losing an asset that has value, an asset that you could actually spin and sell. And makes and it makes something out of it, right? So correct, yeah. That's the key. Okay, that that's the key there. So if so, I gave the two previous examples of the debt avalanche, debt snowball, but those two get trumped if you can't make your minimum payments on a secured debt. If the if the refund allows you to catch up now with your minimum payments, then do that. Unless you want to simply sell those assets off, okay, and get rid of the debt altogether. 
So those are your options there when it comes to paying off your debts. Wow, we have a few options there. Mm-hmm. But very, very well planned out options. Yes, absolutely. As long as you stick to them, that's the key. <laughs> what about for somebody who has minimal debt or who's up to date with his payments and everything and would like to invest the money? Um, what should he look into? Okay, so so at that point, yes. So now the next step would be, you know, the moment you you can make your minimum payments, especially with a secured debt, and now you, your your other debts are basically paid off, or you've got barely any debts uh, left over under whether you've chosen the debt avalanche or the debt snowball method. Uh, then at that point, you can invest in the stock market, let's say, invested in in either TSX or the S&P or whichever it is. And more specifically, your best bet is to invest it in the tax-sheltered accounts. And what we mean by tax-sheltered accounts, we're talking about RSPs and TFSAs, okay? So now you could invest these in a, in a, in a taxable account, but if you have room within your RSP or if you have room in your TFSAs, it makes a lot of sense to put your money there. Okay, if you're gonna invest in either case and you got room in one of those accounts, put it there. Now, what are the advantages? Okay, what are you getting by investing? Well, first things first, when you're investing, of course, you're gonna get you're gonna get your compound return, right? It's your long-term return that you get. Compounding, as Einstein mentioned, was the eighth wonder of the world. Okay. <laughs> and this is Einstein's expression. You can look it up and you'll see it's exactly what he said. Now now, so that's the first thing. Now, before I get into TFSA and RSP and the advantages there, let's talk about investing, right? The advantage of investing is, of course, to have your money grow, okay, while you're literally doing your everyday things. You don't have to actually work for this money. The money is working for you. And this is now the, the, the eighth wonder of the world that uh, uh, Einstein mentioned was what we call the compound effect. Okay, so the compound effect means you're making money on top of money. Okay, that's essentially what you're doing. So let me give you a, a very simple example, which we also give in the blog, which I'll get to in a minute and tell you where you can access that article. Okay, so let's say, you know, you invested $1,000 one year, you've made about 5%, uh, you made about 5% return. Okay, that means that you got 1050 at the end of the year. Next year, you make the same 5%. Now, do you make another $50 or do you make actually a little bit more? Well... What, what, what would you think, Ida? Do I make you, again $50? Well, no, you'll make a little bit more because that previous $50 is, is, is included in the, in the amount that you're going to make. Exactly. It's part of my capital now. That's okay? correct. So, that if, okay. so, so now, so, now uh, so for the first year I had 1000 At the end of the year, I end up with 1050 Starting the second year, I now have 1050 to work with. I don't have just $1,000 anymore, right? So... Mm-hmm. I'm making 5% now on 1050 instead of just $1,000, which was my original investment, which means I make a whopping extra $2.25 if we, if we keep following the math. Okay, now you might say to yourself, wow, big deal, $2.25. Okay, you're right. But now double, triple, add more zeros to your investment. Okay, so for example, instead of it being $1,000, make it $10,000, make it $100,000. How much is that extra two dollars twenty-five when you when you've uh, when when the account is is a hundred times a thousand dollars, right? Correct. And the money just compounds. It just you know it, you're making money upon money upon money, which means you're making interest on the interest. Interest. That's the beauty of the compound effect, and that's why investing is 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 such a great vehicle to grow your retirement. Okay, don't depend just on the government pensions. 
all right, by 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 investing early and allowing this money to compound over the years, you can you can at the end of your retirement, you can have double, triple, quadruple what you actually invested due to the compound effect. Of course, this assumes that everything's going well. Okay, this assumes that everything is is hunky dory that you're that you're making consistent returns. Look, the market goes up and down. We all know that. We're seeing that right now. Mm-hmm. We're seeing a lot of chaos in the market. But long term whether it's a TSX or whether it's the US S&P index, they've always returned long-term in the last 100 years about uh, 7 to 8% a year compounded. Okay, so if you do the math, you can literally double, triple, quadruple your income as long as you consistently invest. Okay, and that's the key. All right, so, that, so that's the advantage of investing your refund is the fact that it'll make, it'll make money for you. Now, if you want to, if you want to compound the compound effect, Sorry for the cheesy joke, but uh, okay. you know, I, I, no, I sorry, I drew a blank. I didn't know what else to say at that moment. But if you want to compound that effect, well, then your best bet is to invest that money in an RSP or a TFSA. Okay, and these are what's what we call tax sheltered accounts. Now, why are they sheltered? Let's start with the RSP. When you put money in your RSP, you're getting a tax deduction back. Okay, the moment you contribute, which means you're actually the government is paying you to invest you're getting money back to invest your money. You're getting a tax reduction on the amount of the contribution, uh, not the amount, excuse me, on a percentage of the amount of the contribution that you make. Okay, so that's a big advantage. So you're actually getting a kickback for investing. That's number one. Number two in the RSP, or the advantages of the RSP, is that you're allowing now the income to compound tax-free, okay, up until the year you retire, okay, or 71, or at 71 years old, whichever comes first. So all these years, if you start early, okay, you could do 30, 40 years of of the compound effect and the government has never taxed you a dime for the profits that you are making in your RSP over those years. So that's huge. Okay. That is really, really, that is really big because now, again, you're literally compounding that compounding effect because you're not being taxed on your profits. You're only going to get taxed when you retire and you start withdrawing that income or when you turn 71 where your RSP converts into a RIF, okay? And then, you, and then you have to pull out, okay? That's for an RSP. For a TFSA, unfortunately, you don't get the kickback. You don't get the tax deduction when you make your contribution. So there's less of a motivator there in a sense. But the beauty of the TFSA is the same as the RSP that in, in that the income that is in your account compounds tax-free. Just like the RSP, the government never touches that money. And the kicker for the TFSA is that when you decide to pull it out, which can be at any time, when you pull it out, you don't get taxed on with the withdrawal. You, you pay zero tax on the amount that you will withdraw from that TFSA. So yes, you don't get the kickback or the tax deduction, but you also don't get taxed at the bookend. You don't get taxed when you withdraw the income. So you know, this is where you really put the compound effect on steroids, okay? By, by, by putting, uh, you know, uh, by, by, by investing, which you would normally invest, but putting it in the RSP or TFSA account, if you have, of course, room. Remember, you have to make sure that you have room in those accounts in order to do so. So those are your basic uh, investments that you should consider first. Yes. Uh, to me, your priorities, whenever you're going to invest, when it comes to stock market uh, or invest in general, is 
always prioritize your RSP and your TFSA. Okay, you can have a taxable account if you have money left over, but if you have room in one of those accounts, max those out as quickly as possible. Allow the compound effect to take effect because the compound effect really plays when you have the money there for a long time. Okay, because remember, you're making interest upon the interest, right? That's essentially what you're doing. So, you know, I, I can't recommend it enough. You know, put it in your RSP, put it in your TFSA, and then allow your money to grow tax-free. With the RSP, you get the kicker of the tax deduction. So they give you a, they literally give you a kickback. They literally give you money back for investing. TFSA, you don't get that kickback, but when you withdraw, you don't pay any tax either. So that's great. You know, so that's why... I, I can't I can't urge more strongly to invest, and that should be your second step. On what, what about the third? Tax what about the, third the third would be do whatever you want if you have anything left over. It'll be rare. <laughs> It'll be really rare if you if you've maxed out your debts, uh, if you've invested, if you've maxed out your RSP and TFSA with your with your refund, uh, and then you've got money left over still. You know what? Spoil yourself order that thing you want to order at Amazon. I would tell people right now on the podcast to go on vacation. Unfortunately, they can't. <laughs> we're all we're all stuck in our in our homes right now. Well, so well we, could go for, we could go for a good TV to, to watch movies at home. There you go. Amazon. There you go. Why order not? whatever you want. Order whatever you want. So at that point, do whatever it is that you want to do after that. But the first two things you should always do in order. Pay off your debts under the methods that I gave, uh, then invest in your tax sheltered accounts. Okay. And then after that, if you actually have money left over, which I, which is super rare, if it is, congratulations. If you have money left over, then by all means, go do what you want with it. That, that was very interesting. Thanks, Jerry. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Ida. So I think that about covers our topic uh, mm -hmm. for today. Uh, so we'll conclude the session here. So uh, just be aware for everybody listening to the podcast that the topic of what we gave today is also part of our UFile blog. So if you go to our website, which is ufile.ca, uh, go to the tabs at the top of the screen and you will notice a tab uh, that is called uh, Tools uh, that is called tips and tools. If you hover your mouse over tips and tools, you will see an option for the UFile blog. So simply click on that option and we have a detailed article on what we mentioned in this podcast today, including the studies that I mentioned about the debt avalanche and the debt snowball uh, and so on. Okay, so all the details are there in that detailed article that we have on our uh, on our uh, UFile blog. Okay, so Ida, we'll, uh, we'll stop the session here. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening, and have a great day. Thank you, everybody. Have a good day.